Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. You and I have to be observant and you and I have to be absorbent. You observe, you absorb the lesson and you try to see how this fits in with my scheme, with the overall scheme of my calling and my purpose in life and how does this work for me. That's why I can find life lessons in a slice of pizza I can see lessons in the box of a Lazada shopping. And so I, I guess I'm just curious and always filled with a sense of wonder of what's the lesson here. And good evening, good afternoon, good morning from wherever you're watching, from all over the Philippines and from all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. In my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about their businesses, what are their success secrets, and can we hack those success secrets? How have they innovated their business models during this pandemic? And more importantly, what are the opportunities do they see emerging in the new normal and even the next normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please do let me know. I would love to speak from them and to learn from them. Drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and now the Bounce Back Network. Before everything else, I'd just like to thank the good folks of the Al Vista Hotel for giving us a really great room here uh, at Tagaytay. And I'm actually here in Tagaytay right now because tomorrow, I'm very honored because I'm wearing two hats tomorrow. First, as a Ninong, and secondarily, as a host of the wedding of a podcast network Asia's very own Ron Baityong. Ron, good luck to you and Noreen tomorrow. We're praying for you and thank you so much for the privilege of being your Ninong and also for hosting the most important day in your life. So again, guys, okay, wait, and Tagaytay is really great right now. Please come over. It's also alert level two over here in Tagaytay. Now tonight, again, like all my guests, a very special guest, but why this particular person is very important to me is because he has been my role model as a speaker. You know, uh, in, in recent years, I've been happy. I've had a chance to be more of a speaker on business and on entrepreneurship and on MSMEs. And one of the persons I really looked up to in terms of how to deliver your presentations, in terms of clarity of thinking, in terms of inspiring other people when it comes to business, is this gentleman, Francis Kong. Now, Francis Kong is the owner of Success options and he also sits on the board of primer holdings now 
as you know, as many of you know, you've probably heard one of his uh, speeches in the past couple of years. And, you know, for me, in, in this pandemic alone, I've come across him as a speaker, as an inspirational speaker in my son's school, as an inspirational speaker for my professional organization, the Subdivision and Housing Developers Association. So he's really a much sought after speaker because of the insights, which are always fresh whenever you listen to them. And I want to find out where those where this freshness comes from, what inspires him to always, you know, after the past 25 years to continue generating such great insights and great material. He also hosts a segment in a radio program called Business Matters, where he shares insights on business values and leadership. And more importantly, he will be joining us over here in Podcast Network Asia with his brand new spanking podcast, Inspiring Excellence. So ladies and gentlemen, very honored to have here on the show, one of my idols and one of my idol business mentor speakers. Please welcome Mr. Francis Kong. Round of applause, please, Mr. Francis Kong. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, uh, RJ, while listening to you introduce me, I thought you were referring to somebody else. Well, I might have entered a different webinar. So thank you and very thank much you for, for your, your time, generosity. Francis. You know what? It, it's, it's, always, it's always very fun to speak together with you. Usually, uh, for those who don't know, I usually speak alongside Francis or I will be the moderator or the host speaking together with Francis. But these are one of the very few times that I actually have a chance to interview Francis for this one. And the reason why I'm doing this one is because I, you know, if, if you talk about the art of storytelling and presentations, this gentleman has it down pat. But more than that one, there's one thing that you guys never, that you might not know about Francis Kong. He's one of the most dapper gentlemen that I know, especially <laughs> when he's hosting. So before, before I get into the, the, the whole topic, Francis Kong, why do you dress so dapper? I, I know that you I used to have a fashion brand before, but yeah. uh, tell me what how does power how does power dressing and come into making sure that you you're able to deliver an inspiring message? Well, that's gonna that's gonna take us one and a half days for me to tell the history <laughs> of my. But uh, curiously, I was being promoted to the position of assistant plant manager for a concrete manufacturing company. That was when one day I opened the plant factory curtains and I looked out and I couldn't see any color but gray. So there's cement, that's gray. There's aggregates, that's gray. There's hollow block, that's gray. I said, I'm so young. This is not the kind of world I want to enter in. And as a matter of fact, you might be laughing. But those were the years when the new budding industry came into the picture. It's called RTW. So ready to wear now, manufactured in mass scale, triggered my curiosity. I said, you know, I used to go to tailors to have my pants made. Now, how could they possibly manufacture sizes in different specs and then produce that in, mar in large scale? So that triggered my curiosity. So I decided I want to enter that industry. And, and after that, the, the funny thing is from the position of vice uh, assistant plant manager, I had to go down and started in the industry as a visual merchandising per person. Some people may not understand it because it sounds so glamorous. It's not. It's actually entering show windows and dressing up mannequins and putting up displays. <laughs> so that's where I came from. But I was so fascinated with design. I was so fascinated with colors. I was so fascinated that 
Imagine a mannequin, lifeless, and during those days, we don't have fiberglass. These are plaster of Paris, oh. extremely heavy. Imagine that ugly-looking, lifeless creature. And yet, when you dress it up, they look nice. So what happens if you begin to dress up a human, life-breathing person? So, you know, all these things gather my curiosity. And from that day on, I realized that there's power in making yourself presentable. And most, most especially now that we're doing public speaking, the more that it makes sense. So that got me into the interest of fashion. And then that became my industry. So I, I created a local jeans brand, created a name there, and entered into the uh, retail of an Italian jeans brand, ran it for about three or four years. So that's where I am. And, and that's why I'm extremely picky. No one in my family can dare choose the clothes for me. That's one thing <laughs> they don't touch. So shoes, watches, shirt, nobody touches it. I'm the only one who can, and they've given up. They used to buy ties and they used to buy shirt for me for my birthday or for certain occasions. And I would say, thank you. I love you. And I would quietly go back to the store and exchange it for something else. So they, they, they knew about that. <laughs> And having said that, Francis, I hope you don't mind that there are people here listening here right now. They're going, wow, that's a really great story. But then what exactly defines how you should dress literally for success or, or for, for, for good presentation? How does it, over the years, how do you equate, you know, dressing well to, to doing well, I guess, in work or, or performing well or practicing well? A lot of people think that dressing well is just all arts. No, there's a science behind it. Like, for example, I'm extremely interested in psychology. So have you ever wondered why Ferrari sales bill sales the most in what color are they? What color Yellow, Ferrari sales blue, the red. best? It's red. It's actually called fiery red. So mm-hmm. red is always associated with passion. It is one way of reflecting the source of life, blood. So there's got to be passion. So if you want to project mm-hmm. something like you're passionate and something like you're, you're vibrant and you're full of life, you were red. Now, pink amazingly, got, not a lot of gentlemen are comfortable with pink, but I, I love pink. Pink actually is a psychological color. Do you know that in prison cells in America, they paint the compound pink? Because if I were to go out and to deal with a very difficult customer and a client, I wear pink. Pink actually softens up the person looking at the color. Yellow mm. represents sunny disposition. So if you, you're going to be wearing yellow, that means you're, you're a sunny person, you're optimistic. Black exudes power. Black now shows authority. White, well, obviously, uh, it, white is supposed to show, show that this person is pure, this person is not uh, dirty, and then blue, the, the, it, it all depends on the different shade, by the way. Blue now, a little bit more on the near midnight blue would represent integrity. So even in advertising, they study this. That's why in terms of layouts and colors, they know the psychology behind colors. 
So there's a little bit of science behind. Yeah. I see. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, fantastic. So people are listening, they're getting a bit of psychology and power dressing here at the same time from Francis Kong. <laughs> now, President, I hope you mind right now. You know, both of us were both uh, speakers, and but you've got a more you've got more breadth and depth of experience versus I do. And, and this is the interesting thing that you know, not to make you sound dated, but you've been here since probably the last biggest economic crisis that happened to the Philippines, which changed everything. Was back probably 1983, right? During the the Aquino, uh, you know, the the, the Marcos administration transitioning to people power. That means there's a very tough time for the country. Yes. One of the biggest droughts in terms of the economy was there. Correct. And now this is another big drought. And I, you know, you've seen, um, what are you seeing right now in terms of the similarities and differences between those two situations as, as to how the country is dealing with it? Are you seeing common denominators as to how things were during that time and how things are also during this time? Um, Mas grabe pa to or kasing grabe ito sa nangyari noon? What are yeah. your thoughts on that one? I am curious to know. Uh, one of the worst economic uh, situation we had was, uh, you were right, during the terrible uh, political struggle that the country went through. 20 years of uh, rule and then the transition of people power and then the assassination of Ninoy. I remember during those days, mm. I opened up a tiny little itchy-bitsy yellow polka dot grocery shop in Alabang. And you can't even afford to find stuff that you can put on your shelves. Those were terrible days. As a matter of fact, if you were to loan money and you really were to buy to borrow money, they would charge you as high as 45% interest. That's called Whoa. jobo bills, by the way. How are you going to make money oh. out of that, right? So needless to say, my grocery could not stand and it closes. Those were terrible days. And then things begin to pick up a little bit, a little bit. And then you had the 1997 Asian financial crisis. Now, a lot, not a lot of people know this. It wasn't really a financial crisis. They cushioned it. It was a banking crisis. And that time, there were so many businesses that closed. Now, out of that, and then, and then later on, you have the 911, you have the 2007, 2009 subprime mortgage debacle, sending the whole world into recession. This one is terrible because it deals with health. This one is terrible because it imperils the lives. But in terms of economic uh, challenge, this is not as bad as when we were. Why is that so? Because we learn from the lessons. 
Let me give you an example. Because of the Asian financial crisis, which is essentially a banking crisis, our beloved Banco Central and Pilipinas learned from it. That's why over the years, especially during the 2000-2009, there's a new term that arises out of that debacle, which is called stress test. So they began conducting stress tests on banking institutions. Now, the number one, the number one objective of BSP is to protect depositors, Filipino depositors like you and me. You can't afford the banks to run, right? Because if it runs, overnight mm-hmm. you collapse the economy. And so they increase the RRR or what is called the reserve ratio requirements to the consternation of our banking clients. But then that's for our protection. Can you imagine? We've had the lockdown since March of last year. Until now, we're still in a kind of a semi-lockdown. And yet, our banking institutions are earning money. We, st- we are still stable. And that, that's what happens now. In terms of economic impact, it is not as bad as what we have experienced in the past. But it becomes, it becomes dangerous because it deals with lives. So that's the part that is very challenging, RJ. So I can see that difference now. Yeah. And, and when you saw that difference, my, my question is because the way that it impacts us is very differently because it's both a, a, health, and econo- a health crisis which impacted the economy here at the same time. And I know that, you know, we as speakers, of course, that impacted also our livelihoods. More importantly, you had a chance to see across different industries which you've spoken to. What have you seen have been the, the big changes, uh, Francis, from March 2020 during the pandemic and how we perceive business? And then now, fast forward, November 2021, and how we should perceive business now? What, what have you seen has evolved during that time? In fact, I'm going to bring you a little bit backwards towards 1997. Because I deal with leadership development, I deal with uh, talent development. And that's my era of, uh, that's my area of competence. The immediate responses of business owners in 1997 was this. Let the people go. We need to survive. Let them go. Nothing's going to happen. Business is closed. Business is down. Let them go. When March lockdown happened, immediately, almost all the business owners have the same sentiment. How can we keep our people? I don't care if I don't make money, but our people, they have families. How do we take care of that? That in itself is a monumental change. It looks like all Mm -hmm. of these years of, you know, training and HR and learning and development has matured business owners to understand. You got to take care of your people. Now, from March of last year until now, we're beginning to see bright spots now. Curiously, as early as about five weeks ago or six weeks ago, when the cases were still high, mm-hmm. my Spider-Man tingly sensation has <laughs> already moved me towards altering my lesson and my presentation. And just to give you a, a quick glimpse into what the theme would be, I'm beginning to move now into words that start with letter R. Rebound, recovery, revitalization restoration and everything that starts with letter r restoration we are i i am now in the in the campaign 
of wanting to prepare business owners to slide back into the opening of the recovery. And I'm going to prepare leaders on how to lead their people in their transition back to an opening of the economy. And I am going to prepare both, both parties to make them understand the changes that we are going to enter now is going to be similar in terms of massive changes during the 80s and the 90s. But this one is different. This one now is equipped with technology that's going to accelerate the change a lot more. So it's going to be a delicate balance of how are you going to pace yourself from almost two years of grinding through every day into entering the recovery phase and yet not going in too fast because that's going to kill your people and even leaders themselves. You have to learn how to pace yourself in this going back and at the same time, not to be too slow to be left behind because technology is going to accelerate that change as we enter into this new reality. Now, having said that, I find, I find this very interesting that, you know, when we enter this crisis, there were two mindsets for people coming in, right? The first mindset was saying, okay, we just have to survive to let this crisis pass so we can get back to doing business the way we used to do it before. And you have to admit, there are still people who are in that same same sort of mindset. And I belong to the FMB industry also in 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 one sense, right? So para, there are many those who just said, okay, let's wait, let's wait this out so we can come back again and do what we were doing before. And there were others who said, this has irreparably changed the way that we do business. So let's embrace changing everything. And it's probably going to be difficult, but we've got to do it because uh, if not, we will become obsolete or die. Um, what do you think of those two? Are they, are they two mutually exclusive mindsets? And more importantly, the one who didn't want to change for the better was seeing a better position or was seeing a worse position. And the guy who wanted to change everything was seeing a better position. That's a fantastic question. And I'm going to give you an answer that is not objective at all. It's going to be subjective because when I was handling garments, for every 10 pairs of designs I launch into the market, I expect something like seven designs will fail. But the two or the three designs that make it, it's going to not just recover the losses, but earn me a modest profit. And so when people ask me, Francis, are you in the business of manufacturing jeans? I said, no. I'm in the business of managing failures. That's one. Secondly, there was no way for me to compete with the foreign brands. Their advertising campaign for one month is beyond our capital for the, our entire business. <laughs> so I have, I have to look at it this way. If you are so huge and you are a battleship, you've got mighty power. But a battleship will have to move slow. It takes them 10 nautical miles to make a U-turn. I don't have those power. I don't have those resources. Therefore, I should function like a speedboat. Takes me a few seconds for me to turn. That's why there's no other way for me to compete against these big ones, but to come up with nonstop innovation, new designs, new designs, innovations, kill the obsolete one, make use of the new ones, and then come up with, turn out with new ones. That's why I premise that as not being objective. So there's a saying now, if you keep on focusing on the problem, you're going to have more problems. 
But if you keep on focusing on, on solutions, it will open up opportunities. When the lockdown happened, 100% of my engagements were canceled. So were yours, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you very much, so, sure. <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, I've been averaging about 300 seminars for the last 12 years to 15 years of my life. Suddenly, everything went black. So I thought to myself and I said, Lord, is this your way of telling me it's time for me to retire? But then that fighting spirit and innovative spirit was still with me. So I said, I'm going to watch out and I'm going to monitor things that are happening. Meanwhile, I don't want to be idle. I will focus on studying the development every single day and try to figure out where will be the opportunities here. And I found it. The opportunities are webinars. And that's why today I'm averaging about 280 plus and the year is not yet over. I think I'm going to hit 300 again. Everything now is in webinar and I'm reaching out and I'm covering a wider space. And so I was focusing on the opportunities, on the solutions, and then it opens up opportunities. But I will never I, it's not part of my DNA to keep on saying the pandemic is still here. We got to wait it out. Meanwhile, we survive. Survival is not in my vocabulary. What kind of life are you living anyway? Survival means you're 50 50. That ain't life. So we have to either put in a big push and then try to work for something that is innovative. And then uh, you're going to make mistakes, obviously. But it's better to start something and then pivot and adjust rather than just waiting for the times to get better. That way you're sure loss. So yeah. that's my personal take on this. So yeah. I love what you're saying, especially, you know, you know what really resonated with me in our conversation is that you picked up a lot of innovation coming actually from the garment industry. I mean, um, Josiah Go often tells us sometimes that innovation comes from when you borrow something from another industry and you get the learnings from there then move it into another industry. So you know, in the retail, was it was something that you were able to use in, in your speaking engagements in, in the other companies uh, that you do as well. Having said that, no, um, and you said, you know, you have to have that innovative spirit. Usually, you know, people keep on saying, how does innovation start? How does, where does innovation come from? Like for myself, I have my own notion of what innovation is, but uh, what, what, what is your sort of like your formula for the innovative spirit that you have? Is there something that, is it something that, that just, is like a, a creative spark or is it something that I can yeah, turn yeah. into a formula? Well, one, one thing we need to understand is innovation doesn't mean sitting under a Bodhi tree waiting to be hit by a bolt of lightning until you achieve nirvana and then you have this eureka and then this light bulb opens up. No way. There are two aspects about innovation that you need to understand. Number one is to challenge yourself on how you can maintain constant improvement. Now, the improvement doesn't have to be huge and dramatic, but there's got to be improvement, incremental change, incremental improvement. That's one part of innovation. The other part of innovation is experimentation. And so, as you mentioned, you borrow ideas from somewhere else and then you experiment with it, but you don't leave the core. The core is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, the one most important lesson that we have learned during this lockdown is that methodologies change, behaviors change, but the mission remains the same. You don't deviate from the mission. A lot of people get into trouble because, yeah, sure, they want to innovate, 
then they lose their core. What is our core anyway? Our core is to educate people. Our core now is to develop people. Our core is to teach people on how to become better leaders. I don't, I don't lose that. Uh, that's still there. But the methodology of doing things now is entirely different. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that for me are two important ingredients. The constant push to improve yourself, as the Japanese would say, Kaizen, the continuous Kaizen. journey for improvement. Mm-hmm. And secondly, this is now taking experimentation and both steps to try something that you've never tried before. Yeah. Without it, losing the core. What you what you remind me of is not losing the core is sort of what uh, Simon Sinek says. You start with why. What is the why of the business? And the why of the business of success options is really educating people, educating better leaders. And that's mm-hmm. basically how you how you pivoted pivoted around it. Having said that, I've got a comment here in the chat box from my good friend, uh, Boss Andy Manyala, hi Boss RJ, just got down from Taal. Nagkasalisi tayo, Boss Andy. I'm gonna caught you here in Tagaytay. Can't miss this session with my idol. I'm a real follower of Sir Francis. So am I. I'm a big follower of Thank Sir Francis as, as well, Boss Andy. And if you got questions for uh, for Francis Kong, anybody listening here right now, please put it in the chat box. Would love to ask it uh, to him as well. Um, having said that, Francis, no, I mean, many people you say stick to your core or understand what 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 is your why in, in moving forward with the business. And, and mm-hmm. you know, during this time, you know, I'm sure you've also had to speak to industries which were gravely impacted because of the health, you know, because of the health issue that that could that had a difficulty moving forward. Tourism, um, or spas, or you know, people where where there's direct contact, or or the airline industry. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that? Moving forward, there are really some industries which will have to lag behind, or do these industries also have a chance to transform themselves as well? What are your thoughts on these? I'm, I'm curious to find out what you think. There's going to be a lot of industries that's going to be challenged because the pandemic is not just an accelerator of change. The pandemic is a revealer of the certain cracks and certain weaknesses that we need to address. The, the pandemic has caused a massive uh, speed in the transformation to the digital space. And in our own company, had it not been for this pandemic, we would not have given enough attention and investment. And actually, the beauty of this pandemic is that uh, we've now entered into a joint venture with a huge American company. Uh, I'm not at liberty to divulge because the due, due process is not yet finished. But then those who ventured into the digital transformation now finally realize digital is not just about e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Digital means end-to-end digital process. And so those companies now that are going through some challenges in, in, in transforming themselves, they're going to be ahead. And those that were not able to transform themselves and they're going to be sticking to the old formula, they're going to be entering a new world that is hardly unrecognizable compared to the one they came from. And they were surely, if they will be presenting the new business, they're going to be left behind. So they might have to venture into more creative ideas, into making their, their products and, and services a little bit more unique. You know, marketing principle, what's your unique proposition? Or if not, they will have to do some catch up. So there will be companies that are not going to make it if they don't catch up well. Of course, there are, you know, too many variables. 
you know the problem with speaking it's it seems so easy for us but oh. when you're right down in the middle of the business I mean oh nga alam natin yung leader transformation but how's your cash flow secondly para sa mga speakers like us you gotta have resilience really what about organizational resilience mm. maraming mga factor yan eh no so but what I'm going to say right now the most important thing is that you have to prepare yourself for change and you got to prepare yourself to humble ourselves and say i i i would need help in this area and i would need to get as much information and help from those who know so yun ang importante for this particular time frame have, have, i mean from from the 300 speaking engagements that you've had during this pandemic i'm sure you spoke to many companies and you've seen some of them you know that have uh that can remain a name that didn't do well despite this pandemic and, and because despite themselves right i mean they could have worked at it but they, they got even worse but there are some that you see the slight pivot and they've improved uh can you share if you've got some of those stories maybe you can share with us a bit more of what you saw why yes, some companies yes. they tried and they didn't do well and some companies they tried and they yes. did fantastic well what did you see uh, yes. amongst these companies oh. well these technology companies that got me to train their leaders in 2019 they had double digit growth this year they're shooting for hyper growth there are certain companies that are doing extremely well it's just that this is not the time for them to boast about their growth because it's going to sound insensitive for them when the when the whole world is suffering right but i know them now here's here's the here's the punchline usually it's these companies that are strong, stable with resources and are doing well that would get me. Because those that are not doing well, they wouldn't want to spend more. So our services are not cheap, you know. <laughs> Therefore, yeah. So they, they would want to get me to prepare their people to be ready to face a new world now and to let them understand. You know, with all these webinars that I've given, they can cut it, they can pretty be categorized into three things. Number one, they want their leaders to understand the new skills required for entering the new reality. Number two, they want their people to know that their company values them. And that's why they're asking me to come in. And number three, they want me to be a merchant of hope to understand, encourage them, and inspire them that this COVID-19 is not the end of the world. And maybe that's the reason why they prefer to get a senior citizen like me with a bus experience <laughs> of past crisis I have had, right? The, uh, the thing to understand now is this. This pandemic has created a lot of serial entrepreneurs. But you have to understand the basics of business. The reason why serial entrepreneurs do very well, it is because of excruciating situations that are abnormal, that allows you to be able to take advantage of the situation. But when the situation begins to open up, you're going to lose your advantage. You will now have to pivot. You will now have to change. And so perhaps for others, they will have to change to other products and other businesses. So. The, the times will demand the context of where you are. So what I'm saying now, something that works very well during the pandemic may not necessarily work well unless you pivot and you understand the basics. 
So we just have to learn how to be sensitive, how to be readers of, of what's happening and how to respond uh, correctly to the situation. And, and talking about reading things correctly, uh, from your, I mean, from your vantage point, uh, like, like you say, I think, I think you'd, you'd know better than I do. They, they say wagey, right? If the word's correct, right? Wagey, that means that in crisis, I guess there's opportunity. Uh, this pandemic mm. has presented a lot of opportunities that have emerged as well. And if, if you look, if you're able to read things well enough, what are you reading as going to be the opportunities that we can still leverage during this time? Not only from, a, mm. I mean, and there's two ways to look at it, uh, Francis. No? Number one is if you're a large company, I can leverage this one. But you know what? As an entrepreneur yeah. or as a serial entrepreneur, this is, these are other opportunities I can do because I've got a speedboat and these guys have a, have a large ship that they can't manage. But you've got a speedboat to, to take advantage of these opportunities. The, the funny thing, I'm a little bit satirical. I'm a little bit, uh, that's why a lot of people don't love and don't like me, RJ, you know. <laughs> but I, 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 I hate platitudes and I hate cliche without uh -huh. thinking it. For example, one of the funny things I would do, used to say is, you know, it's amazing that this pandemic has produced a lot of Chinese people now. And I say, why? Well, because everybody now starts using the word weiji. Uh, Weiji has been wrongly used. Mm -hmm. I know Chinese. Wei comes from Wei Shen in Mandarin. In, in Fukien, it's Weihiam. It means danger. So that you got right. The character Qi is not opportunity. The character Qi that is attached here means situation. So it means a dangerous situation. But I think it was one of the former U.S. presidents who used it. And yes. it sounds so nice. So let's just leave it there at that. Sounds, sounds so esoteric. Sounds esoteric. Wow. Yes. Classic old yes. wisdom, ancient wisdom, right? Sounds so, so nice. But it's not technically correct. Mm -hmm. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the common sense behind crisis. Crisis disrupts. Crisis reshuffles the whole situation. Therefore, crisis creates new problems. And when there are new problems, they require new solutions. Therefore, the new solutions offer you opportunity if you know how to meet those needs and to solve those problems. And this is why I am so anti-anti what we have been taught a long time ago in business school. The purpose of doing business is to make a profit. Of course not. Are you kidding me? The purpose of doing business is not to make a profit. Whether you make a profit or you suffer a loss, that, those are not the purposes. Those are the outcomes, all right? The purpose of doing business is to meet and fulfill a need. Where do needs come from? Needs come from problems. So if you're able to provide a product or an offering or a service that can solve problems, you're in business. So here's where the entrepreneurial mind operates, because that's your favorite topic, RJ. If you are just concerned with a job and a problem arises, what's the typical response? Hindi pa tapos yung problema ko. Ito na naman, may problema na naman. Hindi ako bibigyan ng katahimikan. Wala na akong pisito sa buhay. Puro problema. 
you present the same problem to the business owner. Surprise is, may problema tayo. Ano yung problem? Mm-hmm. So, sambag ang galing yan. Okay? So, anong solution mo dyan? Okay, here's the critical question. Paano tayo kikita dyan? Uh, baka mag-upsell ka na. Baka naman kaya nagkaroon ng problem na may kulang yan. Ano yung kulang yan? Let's provide that client. And so, that that is the reason why crisis creates opportunities because it disrupts and it creates new problems. And there are many people who are going to be very, very successful because they have discovered the solutions to the newly formed problems. And there will be those people who keep on looking at the problems and they're going to be, they're going to be encountering more problems because they won't be in the mind frame to be able to see the opportunities lying ahead of them. And having said that, are you seeing any particular, I guess, industries or trends or, or something that people can say, hey, this looks like a, a good, a good indus- industry to enter into right now or something that can be further leveraged or grown or scaled during this particular time? Oh, yes. The, the, what the pandemic has done, it has challenged customer loyalty. No. So you, you got to watch out for this, uh, RJ. For example, what is utmost now, what the pandemic has taught people is that we have been trained to stay home longer. Mm-hmm. So the home economy is still going to be there. So the e-commerce will still be there. Secondly, health now is at the top of the conscious mind. This is why today I'm saying that health today is the new wealth. And health is the new consciousness, and health is the new luxury. It's a good thing I've been blessed. The Lord has been so kind to me and merciful. I'm a brand ambassador for a supplement brand that is so brand expensive, and I have allocation. I am now a brand ambassador for a uh, newly minted scientific device. It's a machine that converts water and then through its scientific process makes it be, become an antioxidant thing that provides energy and everything else. Had, it, had I not been an ambassador for that, that device now I have in my home installed for me, that thing costs 235,000 pesos. And now, when, because I'm gonna, I'm, I'll be willing to spend money for the health benefit of my kids. I bought each one of them a small appliance. Can you imagine, RJ? I was willing to shelve out 9,500 pesos for eight of us in the family for a mask that's battery operated that, that is classified as small appliance by a Korean brand. This health consciousness now has risen up. Apart from that, it's, of course, the IT industry, the software industry. But you got to watch out now for those who, are, those who are selling laptops and computers and, and, and hardware. They will be experiencing a little bit of a slowdown when things open up. Why? They bought a lot. You got to wait for them to uh, wear and tear their equipment before they start buying now new things. So that's what life is. And the one thing that has driven me over the years is this. Life and business are the same. 
it's always seasonal business is always cyclical you have to identify where in the cycle you are in and where in the seasons you are now operating in and if you can if you can with objectivity and a fairly amount of accuracy identify where you are you're in a good space you would know what to do and having said that we've got uh, rico ibanez saying over here well said sir francis so ayan well said to sir francis and we also have over here a uh, paul laksam Paul Laksamana commenting, Sir Francis is a real-life white wizard. Naka-white na, white wizard na naka-white person of business. Thanks, RJ, for another wisdom-filled episode. Uh, more power. Thanks so much, uh, Paul, and the rest for continuing to listen to the sh- to the podcast. And you know what? Like I said, a lot of great learnings going on over here. And I'm not sure if any of you have had a chance to actually listen to one of the talks that Francis has given uh, you know, in, 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 in different fora. And one of the best things I like is really the story of of his entrepreneurial journey as well. Because, you know, (laughs) why do I feel for him or why do I feel like um, um, a kindred spirit in him? Because technically, I also come from a business background, but I do a lot of speaking. Speaking and hosting is one of my first loves. Similar to Mr. Francis Kong, I mean, he actually has a business background, uh, but right now he's parlayed a lot of his knowledge, I guess, into doing uh, speaking engagements or, or speaking or speaking on empowering people to become better. Over here, one more comment from uh, G. Montilla. Good evening, Sir Francis Cole and Sir RG. Hi, G. Thank you so much uh, for listening to us. Uh, so, uh, Francis, maybe we can help people a bit more to understand your own um, entrepreneurial journey, rather. Like, how did you end up from being a, as you said, no, naging plant manager ka ng cemento, ng cemento, naging visual merchandiser ka, nag, naggawa ka ng sariling brand, where's that brand right now? At biglang, naging speaker ka na. Well, please share with us the secret origin of, of Francis Kong. How did, how did it go from there to where you are right now? Alright, uh, uh, I consider my story boring, but uh, actually the core of everything stems from a negative energy channeled towards positive output. Uh, it it goes beyond my start in the in the world of I'm first generation entrepreneur by the way. My father was a bookkeeper. My mom never worked a single day in her life. She's a full time housewife, and I live seventy two and a half steps away from a Chinese school. That's why I was late every morning. My <laughs> alarm clock is Magiliu, so that's time for me to wake up. And and uh, I always felt that negative energy of ingit. Bakit mga kaklasik ang yayaman? So at very early palang I have an analytical mindset. Eh. Sabi ko, you know these guys, this this crazy guys, they don't have to do anything. They just wait for their parents to die, and they're they're gonna inherit the business, and they're gonna be in a better place. Me, where am I gonna start? I don't see anything being left for me. And so that's negative energy. And maybe because of insecurity, I was a loser in high school. Today, when people read my resume, yeah, graduated manya cum laude from school or whatever, what they don't understand is it took me six years to finish high school, RJ. How long did it take you? You're a, you're a wizard, eh? Bata ka pa lang, you're known as a child genius, eh, di ba? I can still see your commercials in, in YouTube, right? So it took me six years to finish high school. Why bad attitude? And uh, that's why I keep on saying I earned my PhD in high school. 
<laughs> PhD means passing high school with difficulty. And then some wise guy says, no, Francis, for you, PhD means permanent head damage. And I think they're right. <laughs> and so the wife, the girl, the girlfriend of mine who would become my wife, out of sheer embarrassment, she was first year high school. I was second year high school. When she graduated and went to USD, I had to repeat my fourth year. And I was a topic of an emergency meeting of her aunties, this Chinese aunties, there were so many of them. They had an emergency meeting and I was the agenda. They were forcing her to leave me. And there's the crucial question. Are you sure you're going to give your life to a loser, the guy who can't even pass high school? So how could you blame them? But that negative energy made me so mad, such that when I entered college, I decided to do something I've never done before in my life. I studied. And so I realized I got to recover, recover my two years and I have to fight that reputation in high school of being the dumbest kid in school. The only way I can do that, graduating alone will not hack it. I got to end up with some Latin honors, which I was able to do so. That kind of negative energy brought me into the garments industry, where in my first entry after resigning from that cement company, which was not meant for me, I started my work as a humble visual merchandiser, changing clothes in the mannequin. But that negative energy was still there. I said, I'm not going to stay here forever because I met my high school, my, my college buddies, and they were laughing at me. Oh, pare, di ba yun ang scholar na rin? Kaya ayaw nga aking scholar, pare, gita mo, nagpapahal ng DBS na mga bading, bading. I mean, that, that's kind of that's hurtful, right? Uh -huh. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove these people wrong. So I said, this is a temporary thing. And then, you know, God is a uh, architect of events. He made me appreciate reading. So I got hooked with the books of Zig Ziglar. Jim Rod, Dennis Waitley. I finally became friends with Dr. Dennis Waitley. I finally represented Zig Ziglar in his training program. And that got me promoted because I now was packed with so much information. And I showed initiative. Ang tapang ko, RJ. Kahit hindi ko role, Sir, bakit hindi natin gawin ganito? Bakit bakit pwede natin innovate to? You know, in four years' time, from the entry level as Monikin Changer, I become GM of that company and created wow. a name in the industry. So some people come in with extra money, lacking in knowledge. They were looking for people with knowledge, lacking in money, and that's me. So we formed Company B in 1985. And that's where Joe Marichan was my model. Maneuvers were my model. And so... But in the process of selling pants and jeans, I look at this veteran salesman and I said, why are these guys so lazy? They just bring their pants, they make bola-bola. Ang uso nung araw ko si RJ, magaling kang bumukilya, magaling kang salesman. That was the prevailing belief then. I'm not much of a talker, but I'm a thinker. So I said, if these guys are doing that, I won't do the same. So there I go, negative energy, channeling, channeling towards positive uh, outcome. I started reading up on fashion magazines. 
I started reading up on marketing, advertising, and everything under the sun. This time, when I bring my pair of jeans, I will not just present my product. I will tell the merchandisers and the procurement officers, watch out. These are the new trends coming in. As a matter of fact, I use blade, razor blade. I sliced up the jeans. Jeans are made of organic cotton. And when you, you rub cotton against stone, it's going to flower. And I brought it and presented it to the biggest department store that I'm in Echage. And I remember the merchandising looking at that and said, Bakit ka ba nagsasapol ng damage? Sabi ko, no. Dinamage ko yan eh. Sino magsira ang ulo na, na nagdadamage? Sabi ko, hindi po sira ng ulo yan. Watch out. Mauuso na yan. Ang tawag po dyan, distressed jeans. Kalokohan. Then I, out of my back pocket, I dramatically with a flare pulled out that magazine and said, you might want to take a look at this. Nalaki yung mata na eh. And then, without missing a bit, I mean, iwan mo yan. Araling ko muna. That merchandiser now, siyempre nambida siya sa boss niya. Diba? That's their job eh. They want to look good in front of their boss. Boss, alam mo ba, mauuso na ngayon yung tinatawag na distressed jeans. I learned a lesson there, RJ, that brought me to consultancy and training. From that time on, I stopped being a salesperson I function like a consultant. I'm not just going to sell you my jeans. I'm going to sell you the ideas why you need my jeans. And so the next time I go there, I owe my career to Harley C. of SM, by the way. Next time I go there, Harley would, would tell this merchant, stop what you're doing. Mr. Company B is here. Let's listen to him present what will be the forthcoming trend. And I see the same reaction from Rubina Gokongwei. And I see the same reaction with my clients at John Go of Isitan and Arthur Coronel of Cinderella. I just realized my joy, you know, I, 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 I never cared how much money I was going to make, but I love presenting. I love explaining. I love helping my clients know these are the things that's going to come in. And I never realized that today, I'm still doing the same thing. Trying to help my clients and trying to prepare them for the future that's going to be coming in. So that's, that's my journey. Boring, not so exciting, but uh, that, that's been the case. But told yeah. in a very exciting fashion. Uh, literally, fashion. <laughs> uh, Francis, can Thank I just ask, you. out of curiosity, I hope you don't mind, though. Uh, what happened to Company B and what were your lessons from Company B? Well, one of the most painful lessons I had was that, which now I still am learning, and I still been victimized by that. You trust, but you should verify. Suddenly, the company that I started with some partners of mine was taken away from me. So I was left hanging in the dry with not having a, any idea as to where my next... Uh, my next plate of rice will be coming from. I've got some savings, of course. But I realized one evening I gathered all my children together in our room. And I said, I have to apologize. I'm sorry your dad was responsible. He was not careful. We've lost the business. And, but it's okay. 
mommy knows how to save money we still have. But when we go to the time when I need to say, tighten up our bills, please cooperate, huh? things are not going to be the same. But we have a God big enough we can trust. I don't know where it's going to bring us to, but let's just trust him. I remember that, that evening, and those, that was exactly the year when I came up with my four-volume book entitled One Day at a Time, because that was my lowest moment. And I was filled with rage. I wanted to hit my partner's back. It was my wife who said, no, sweetheart, you know the Bible naman, diba? Vengeance is God's business, not yours. And here's the practical application. If your eyes and heart are filled with rage, when opportunities open up, you're not going to see them. And I took that advice. I never knew that just a few months later, there will be an invitation for me to invest in bringing in Dr. John Maxwell and organizing a learning event. So we organized, we organized Araneta the next day, followed by PICC, and it was up to the roof. It was full pack, full house. Earn a little money there. Maxwell got so impressed. He says, hey, why don't you guys represent my training program? So with the little money that I learned from that venture, I invested it again. So I had to take the risk. I went to Atlanta to be given the imprimatur and the accreditation to be licensed to do a Maxwell training program, which we did for the next 10 years. And I formed Inspired Leadership Consultancy out of that together with my partners. That made me a professional speaker and a professional trainer. That was the start of 2005. So today, what's the lesson there? If I'm going to look back, RJ, this is what I have seen. Just when things seem to be falling apart, that might be the precise moment when God is putting the pieces in its rightful place. Had that thing not happened to me, I would have stuck it out with garments, and garments now is a sunset industry. Had not that thing not happened to me, I wouldn't have left that industry and ventured out into consultancy, which I am practicing now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kaya, it turned out to be for the best. And that's where Romans 8.28 comes into the picture. All things work out to the best for the good, to those who love him. So that's the... That's the nice part of what happened. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And if somebody's saying here from uh, Francis Aguirre Adrian, uh, thank you for your inspiring story, Sir Francis Kong, turning negative energy as a driving force to positive solutions. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, I wish we had, we had a lot more time, Francis, but you know what? Uh, I have to say what I truly admire about when it's two speakers speaking is that, you know, usually you're able to condense material into very, you know, very, very succinct. So usually when we say, when we say something, we can make sure that, you know, we can, we can speak within a spe- specific time frame and deliver a very strong message. Over the RJ, years. That's a danger. 
That's a danger of you being a speaker and I'm being a speaker. Yeah. I remember in SM, SM MOA, we were having dinner together with another speaker and Henry C. Jr. came and he saw the food right in front of us. And he says, so how are you guys speaking about the food now? And I said, <laughs> That's our job, right? We speak all the time. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, over the years, you've done, uh, you've done training programs for different programs, John Maxwell and, and other groups here as well, Zig Ziglar. Um, people here, you know, um, I guess there are timeless truths that you've gained uh, from all these different talks. Uh, for those, you know, coming in here for the first time, listening to you and, and trying to say, oh, I didn't realize, you know, this is the fount of knowledge that Francis has. Can you share with us maybe the, the best, I guess, leave, leave us with the best advice that you've gotten from all the different uh, speakers that you've had over the years and that created you as the, I guess, the leadership speaker that you are today? One day, as I was, as I was waiting for my turn to speak in, let me see, was that Cuneta or Rizal? Uh, Coliseum. So we were in the locking lock lockers, you know, lockers room, and I was just there waiting for my turn to speak. I there there were a couple of people beside me. I saw a cockroach crawling. So immediately my response was, yeah, "This place is so dirty, so unsanitary." And then immediately following behind is a mouse. And then. The mouse ate the cockroach. And I look at it and I said, listen, that's what happens in an environment that is so unhealthy and unsanitary. Whether you are a cockroach or you are a mouse, you live by the rule of survival of the fetus and it's not going to be well for either one of them. As I was muttering that lesson, the guy beside me said, Pare, grabe mo naman. Ang nakita ko lang daga at saka ipis. <laughs> ang nakita mo lesson sa buhay. And so, I think over the years, because of that radio program, that I still maintain for 24 years now, Monday to Friday. Think about that. I have learned to use two words now. You and I have to be observant. And you and I have to be absorbent. You observe, you absorb the lesson, and you try to see how this fits in with my scheme, with the overall scheme of my calling and my purpose in life, and how does this work for me. That's why I can find life lessons in a slice of pizza. I can see lessons in the box of a Lazada shopping. And so I, I guess I'm just curious and always filled with a sense of wonder of what's the lesson here. That's why my favorite question is actually why? Why is it this way? And as brilliant and as charming and as humble as Simon Sinek is, when I got to talk to him in New York of 2019, we spent about 30 minutes in conversation. And I just realized his knowing your why is in his context very good as a resurgence of his old TED talk. Start with your why, right? But actually for you and I, the why comes second. The who is more important. You start always with who am I before you start asking the question, why am I here? 
You don't start with, why am I here? And then you ask, who am I? Identity precedes purpose. That's why, RJ, let's give me, let me give you a funny illustration. Nakakita ka na ba ng customer na nagagalit na nagwawala? Have you ever seen one, RJ? May nakita naman ako. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. Oh. Ano, ang, ano ang behavior na? Hindi mo ba ako kilala? That person starts with a who eh. Wala pa ako nakakita ng galit na customer. Hindi mo ba alam kung bakit ako? It doesn't work that way. Once we are secure in our identity, we know God's unique planning, purpose, and calling for us. Then the why enters the picture. And when the two of them drive together, it's a wonderful thing. So, yun. Always be curious. Always be filled with a sense of wonder. Always be open to new adventure. Always keep on learning. And always understand who you are. That way, hindi ka na maiingit sa iba. Kung yung iba umaasenso at hindi ka pa dumar- dumarating doon. At hindi ka na magiging mayabang dahil nakikita mo yung iba wala pa doon sa posisyon mo. If you are secure in your identity, then you're virtually unshakable. Because you are, you can now focus on your why. I love that. I, I just have one more question. If uh, you, you have to be observant and absorbent and you learn a lesson in everything that, we, that, that you see. So may I ask, what lesson did you pick up from our whole podcast here tonight if you were to look at it, look at it from a macro perspective? From a macro perspective, what I can see right now is that you, RJ Ledesma, is not just a speaker. You are a learner. And uh, your wealth of experience also in business would allow you to be in a better position than most other speakers who have never had the privilege of a real-life experience, but they are purely theoretical. What I can see right now, you've asked the right questions. I've been interviewed many times, and the questions are so predictable, and you understand where they're coming from. What I can see right now is I think your podcast can help a lot of people because you are genuinely interested in Not only for the fulfillment of your personal need because you, want, you, you are in the speaking business, but you genuinely want to learn because you do have businesses that you want to improve on. And that's a very good thing. So the, the end result of that is the people who listen and view your, your podcast, they get to learn and they get to learn from the best of the best. Not me, huh? The, the rest of the other people that you're featuring. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Francis. It's been a truly enlightening conversation, yeah, like you said. You know, I, I've been doing this because uh, I enjoyed the, the, doing the podcast, not just because, like I said, I do business and I learn a lot, but you know, it's because I, I, I find joy in speaking and really feeling the onion with each of the speakers that I talk to. And I, I learn something new every time from young young millionaire entrepreneurs to youngish, uh, young at heart uh, entrepreneurs like yourself as well, where there's a lot of insight to be gained over the years. Just in case there are people here who also want to be able to hear you talk or to uh, hire you for the company for some speaking engagements, how do they get in touch with Francis Kong? I'm extremely active with social media, so they can find me in Francis Kong 2 in Facebook. Don't forget the number two there. As a matter of fact, last night, we have a company that sponsored a uh, intimate moment of me and Joe Marichan featured together. So we bantered, we talk about 
Christmas spirit and hope and the Christmas story. So every now and then on that page, I will feature people. A couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, I featured Jody Mango, and we talk about love, naman. So you know, the idea has always been there. The mission remains the same. I mean, I can easily monetize these things, but I'm doing that already through the training and the other programs that I do. Mm -hmm. But I would love really to share ideas that can help that can help people to become better. Why? This is the abundance mindset that we need to have. When everybody improves, a rising tide lifts up all ships. That's right. Why don't we Why don't we change that and say all the ships should rise up, whether the tide, no matter what the tide condition would be, and that's where the mission is. Let's rise up. Let's help lift up the ship so that everybody will be in a better place. I want everybody to be successful. Thanks so much. And hopefully from this podcast, we're helping raise some ships here right now, whether big or small. Again, thank you so much, Francis Kong. It's been truly an honor and You're a pleasure welcome. to have you here on the RG Ladesma podcast. And guys, please remember, Francis Kong will be having a podcast very soon here as well on the Podcast Network Asia, okay. inspiring excellence again. Thanks so much. We will see you in the next podcast. Have a great night, guys. Thank, thank you. you. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.